Hello and welcome to the Commune Podcast. I'm your host, Golem, and we're here to talk about Killer7. With me are four other Heaven Smiles. Adrian, how are you doing? I'm doing better. If you asked me a week ago, I would have told you I was doing poorly. What happened? A tragedy every person has to go through their life and should not have to go through more than four times. I know, that's a little cryptic, but I still don't want to say it. Condolences. Uh, yourself got it, and thank you. Wario fan, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. All right. Shouty, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. All right. And yourself, how are you doing? Condolences. Oof. Okay. Adrian, what's your favorite part of Killer7? I have to preface this by saying, unfortunately, with the tragedy that happened and having to get all the things that I needed to even be able to record this game, uh, I've only made it up to Cloudman. So, so far, Cloudman would be my favorite part. Just because of the fact that it takes place in an open area. So you get to make use more of scanning the environment to see the heaven smiles ahead of time so you can pick them out before you even need to hear them laughing. I hated the open spaces because in the hallways you know where they're coming from, but I was during Cloudman I was always anxious that they would pop out from some uh, awkward corner or something. Yeah, I mean, personally I find that they do that even in the, the linear stages. There's this one distinct room I remember in the first part of Sunset where you take a right, you go to the waiting room, right? And you find about two heaven smiles. You run past that. You find that weirdly black area that you're supposed to jump over. But for whatever reason, and this game broke a rule that I thought it did of enemies only respawn when you leave the room and come back, you know, kind of like Zelda. They actually respawned while I was still in the room so I could hear them laugh. Or actually, I don't even think they laughed. That, that was the weirdest part. But they would do that as I was just trying to move through the stage and then go back through it. Uh, but anyways, yeah, enemies come at awkward angles. I find even in the narrow areas and even in the open ones. But that you can take more of an effort to actually see them and shoot them instead of having to hopefully peek behind the wall and hope to God he's not just right around the corner so he explodes before you even have a chance to aim. <laughs> Right, so the open space at least gives you a, a clean shot at them. But doesn't your scanning scanner have like a limited range? So even yep. if you can see some weird-looking uh, apparitions, you can't scan them to make them solid. Yep. I was about to bring that up earlier, too, that there's still a limit to how far you can scan. So even if you can see there's sort of their camouflage silhouette, you can like barely see them. Even if you see that, there's still a limit to being able to turn them visible, which is further than how long Kaede can shoot. Or actually, um, no, it's it's within what she can shoot. Oh, I see. Yeah, I thought that's like her point, right? Yeah. All right. Wario fan, what's your favorite part? The credits! <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I, I just like the unique idea of Killer7. Kind of on rails, kind of FPS, kind of puzzle solving. It's, uh, you know, unique in its own right, I guess. None of the individual elements are unique, but the particular combination of them is? Yes. You know, I mean, I mean, everything about it is bizarre, like with the synthesized 
Elliot, can you say the word? The what? Synthesized. Synthesized. Since yes, the speech. Oh. That's that's pretty cool too. Oh, 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 the synthesized speech. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You still have the feeling that it's cohesive, that everything belongs together. From a gameplay perspective, yeah. I think taking out each part of the way Killer Seven is structured would make it not as unique. Like if you were uh, free roaming instead of on rails, it'd be a, a lot different of a game. I feel. Mm-hmm. Then it'd be like a a third person shooter. It'd be Resident Evil Four. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it weird that you have an on rails shooter inside of a maze? Like yes. <laughs> but no. uh, it oh. it just strikes me as bizarre that it would even work, right? Like that those would be complementary aspects of gameplay. I mean, I, it, it found a way to work. I mean, it gives you the the, uh, the crossroads that happen every so often. So yeah, the junctions. Uh, yeah, the junctions. That's what they are. So something I I want to bring up is that sometimes the the way they put the junctions are a little weird. One of the biggest advantages for doing the whole on rails thing and putting it in a maze is that you don't wind up with basically you, you sidestep the entire issue that some people have with Resident Evil of tank controls like oh I keep you know bumping into walls and shit it was like okay well now you can hold the button so even babies can play this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's an M rated game Adrian <laughs> <laughs> Well so was Resident Evil <laughs> Yeah, and babies were playing that. (laughs) I mean, I actually think it's deceptively unweird to have the shooter on rails like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I think the comparison to a rail shooter is deceptive, and really what the structure of this game is is a dungeon crawler, like a wizardry type uh, or fantasy star type grid-based dungeon crawler where, it, I mean, it doesn't have the grid, but essentially you're always in a straight line like this. That one-dimensional movement is there. It's a real-time dungeon crawler. Well, yes, it just takes Resident Evil and steps it one back in the adventure aspect. Yeah. The reason why I make the allusion to the on-rail shooter is the way I would put it is it's an on-rail shooter where you can actually control where you are on the rails. Because in typical arcade, it, it, the game moves you ahead whether you want to or not. But this one, you can actually go forward, stop, even, even turn around and go back. And even like go off in different paths. And of course, you know the first-person shooter aspect, it's like totally on rails. You're pretty much stuck there, and you know it's shooting gallery style. You can move during those parts. You know, if you just let go of the R button, push B and A to run away. And sometimes that works, but a lot of times you're it's best not to do that. Yeah, you're asking for trouble doing that. Why is that? Leaving yourself vulnerable. It takes time to turn around. Yeah. Yeah, take it takes time to drop your aim as well. Yeah. Takes time to drop your aim, takes time to turn around. And then you might accidentally um put yourself behind a corner to where it's like, Well, before I used to have this long hallway where I could shoot them you know, 10 yards away. Now I only have like this one yard of space before I, if I keep moving back, I've hit another junction. I got to leave. Yeah. The spawns are also faster than they seem, even the walking ones. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, I, the, the on-rail shooter 
comparison is not bad. And it's one of those things where it's interesting that you can compare it. Like Wari Fan said, you can compare it to so many different things and it like lives in this weird nexus where it's like demonstrating that nothing is as different as it actually seems. Yeah. I felt like I had another point to go about it. Um, about how right, the junctions right. are annoying? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, the, some <laughs> yeah. of the junctions, they're placed a little oddly. Like you see a hall. I, I remember even the first level, like you go up the stairs, the stairs are on the right, but you have to go like diagonally upright or something weird like that. Or sometimes the camera angles changes. So, because one of the things that you actually can get with the junction and the whole hold A to move is you get those camera angles, like classic Resident Evil style, but still allow for really smooth movement because it's just hold an A button, move the stick where you want to go. But sometimes those cam those junctions appear like way too shortly after you're uh, running through those camera transitions. And then sometimes just the directions they want you to point themselves are weird. And then sometimes they also change as you're holding A to move. Yeah, they do that. <laughs> yeah, it, they're definitely a bit strange. It's useful that they have uh, those compass directions on them that let you know which direction you're really going. Yeah, but when they start to appear, they can be inconsistent with the cardinal direction you're trying to go to. Yeah. Yeah. So... You know, it's it's a good idea. Uh, I wish they could clean it up a bit more because otherwise it works pretty well on the spaces where they're exactly where you expect them to be. The game also lets you know where you have been and where you're coming from uh, by color-coding the junction uh, selection. Yeah. Although that is kind of a bit tricky because it, it, it only color-codes it from the angle you've already approached it from. Well, yeah. I mean, areas that you've been from but you haven't gone through are gray. But areas that you've been through and have come from are blue, and areas that you haven't been through at all are clear. I thought they were orange. No. No, you're thinking of the directions. Yeah. Okay, okay. The, the, whole, the whole slice of the screen The outline is, is orange. But no, like, I'm pretty sure, like, if you're in Harmon's room and you're approaching from the door and you click on Dang Samantha, up. it would go blue... If you do that, but if you continue to the back of the room, talk to your friend okay. there, yeah, I, and turn I around, then then I think Samantha would show up as gray because you're coming from the other end, <laughs> even though you've already uh, yeah, because Samantha is in a direction. Yeah. Well, so Dennis is <laughs> I I have the menu or not the menu the manual right in front of me. Clear means path not selected. Blue means path already selected. And gray means path not selected, but where you've already been. And right. I was mistaking for the orange outline, which is what you currently have pointed at. Right. Yeah, oh, there's three thing. colors. Wow, the I gray, actually didn't know that. The gray and clear distinction is pretty subtle. Like, it definitely was like three quarters of the way through the game before I even noticed that was a thing. I don't notice it because it was already told me when I decided to talk to him about tutorials and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> No. Well, I guess we're in a tight spot. He only <laughs> says that in the one mission. Yeah, but if you talk to him in, like, Harmon's room, he'll keep saying... He, he says it a lot yeah. in the, if you go through the tutorial stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the first sentence of every single one of them. Uh, Makes it pretty he, painful. He says it a lot. Yeah. He says a lot of things. Shouty, what's your favorite part? The graphics. They're just clean, I guess. I guess it's nice to see 
a game of it's trying not try not to overshoot. There's no texture. Yeah, there's no texture, so it doesn't look muddy. Everything looks nice and clean. Everything looks readable. And with the way that things are shaded, you can get some nice cinematic effects, some nice lighting effects. Sometimes if characters are shrouded in shading, and then it'll make them look creepier and just give that effect of that oppressive effect. It really draws out a a strong contrast no matter where you look. Yeah. Yeah. There's a cityscape in Mission Angel, I believe, and I think it's just rectangles on a flat background, but it looks good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A comment I would have about the cell shading and what makes it so unique is that there are actually several layers to it. So instead of shading like in, I think No More Heroes does this, where it's just like, if the part is darkened, it's just it just fades completely to black. And this yeah. one, you can actually see the different layers. Like on just this one guy's face, I can count four different shades on his face, mm-hmm. which is usually much harder to achieve if you've ever had to go through the pain of making a cell shader. Uh-huh. I actually haven't. <laughs> so you mean like when you can look at a guy and see his his chin outline? Um, actually, that's something they don't do. They don't do the whole uh, outline thing to make it look 2D. It's just more um, of the, the solid colors things I was ta- talking about when they're shading. So there's no gradation. It's like Wind Waker. Yeah. But with more than two shades. That's That's exactly right. I think one limitation you definitely see, though, is, is when the light gets in certain angles and you see certain... Um, they don't quite have that artist touch where it's like you wish they could go in and adjust the normals so that their face would lie properly, but you see this like weird like polygons darken that probably shouldn't be. Well, no, I like that weird effect. Because oh. sometimes it'll be a camera angle where the character is supposed to look foreboding or whatever, and they have these weird polygon mesh stuff going on. Uh, and just, I guess it adds to the effect rather than takes away. Do you remember any scenes in particular? I think there's one scene where Samantha's face is, like, darkened on one side completely, but her eyes and lips aren't. So her eyes and lips come through clearly while her face is darkened, so... Weird. It just makes her look kind of creepy, and Samantha's kind of a creepy character. Let's be frank, all of the characters are kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright. Yourself, what's your favorite part? The sound design. I mean, the sound design is phenomenal in this game. The laughs that set apart the heaven smiles and the different types of laughs they have that tell you what they're doing. All the the like sound effects, like the TV sound effects and the static sound effects are great. The gun sound effects are fantastic. The weird screams that you get coming from Harmon's room uh, when you're in Garcian's trailer. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's coming from Harmon's room? Well, it's, no, it's coming from the safe. Okay. Uh, all the, the voiceover is great. I love just listening to the characters' uh, like television quotes and the stuff that they say when you get critical hits. I've had enough of that one guy saying that 
someone was fucked and using about like three Fs there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, the best one. He just like whispered here, fuck. That's my great. He's my favorite one to use, just to hear that. Uh. He's my favorite one to use in spite of that. Oh, Khan just straight up, every time you get a, a critical, he, he's just straight up, fuck you. And the way yeah. he reloads is so nice. Well, Khan is, is the child. Yeah. The blind child. All right. Um, the baby playing Resident Evil. If we're no. going to talk about sound, then I think it's worth mentioning that Kaya is... Um, shot is just basically the same sound effect used for the pistol in Doom. Oh, really interesting. Yeah, I, like that just stood out to me immediately. Like, oh, huh. I'm, I'm playing Doom now, even though I'm using an assault rifle, not a pistol. Well, actually, he's using a Magnum. <laughs> no, Kaede. Kaede yeah. uses. Yeah, I think it's Katie. No. Well, I read it as Katie. Oh, it's Kaede. Kaede. Yeah, she uses um assault rifle. No, she uses a scope. I don't know what the frick she uses. I don't know. It it looks like an assault rifle of sorts. Uh, the, game, the game says it's an assault rifle, but it looks like a scoped pistol. Um, yeah. oh, okay. But speaking of her, she's got those nice, like, padding, barefoot footsteps uh, that sort of distinguish her from the rest of them. You definitely get different footsteps on different surfaces, right? <laughs> Yep. And there's like the tons of good music as well. It's not quite in the same category of sound design, but I always love the Vinculum Gate songs. Uh, they're great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I like the way that after you walk out of it, you can still hear the sound muffled going through the wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, that song is going to be playing throughout the entire podcast when you edit this, right? <laughs> <laughs> Listening to this inside of Vic- Vinculum Gate. Um, I always kind of want a Pokemon battle in the Coliseum. Yeah. The, it feels like the laughs are worth pondering just in and of themselves how much they get out of laughter uh, in terms of presentation and in terms of gameplay function. Yeah, it's one of those sound effects similar to what Resident Evil has where it tells you what enemy is coming up. Mm-hmm. But uh, enemies that laugh is already just a great idea in and of itself. It's so creepy. Like, they, all they do is laugh. Even when they uh, are exploding. Right. It's like the whole premise of Heaven Smiles is fantastic. Uh, so I, I think it all comes down to the laugh. But uh, the other one I didn't mention was the voices that the ghost characters have. They're all slightly different, but basically sound like people with slit throats talking. Ugh. Which is hey, okay. wait a minute. I think Shadi has something to say about this bit. Wait, what are we, are we talking about? The ghosts? Yeah. Voices? Well, those are like synthesized speech voices. And what it is... And this has been bothering me for a while because what the speech is saying doesn't match up with the text that's being displayed for the dialogue. Right, you can catch like some words that match, but it doesn't. But what it is is that they took the Japanese dialogue and made a broken translation of it rather than polishing it up. 
So it's speech, but it's like broken English speech. So that's why I can make out some words? Yeah, that's why you can make out some words. But if you just heard it regularly, it just sounds like a very, very simplified English. Because it's a very simple tra- literal translation. Okay. No cleanup. It, well, if you... I think the other thing about it is if you actually go to the Japanese version, you can make it out super clearly. Yeah, that's what I did to figure this out. Like, it's it's so weird because they all sound like old Mac speech demo voices. Yeah. <laughs> but their voice in the English is so distinctive. Like, it's super nice, even if it... Yeah, I we really got it in a weird way. Yeah, it sounds like it would be worse if they changed it or if it was just the synthesized speech. It right. works really well. Like, the fact that you can make out a couple words here and there, but that it doesn't quite match up with the text works. I feel like that's the boundary where creepiness lies, where, like, something is barely recognizable but still doesn't add up in a meaningful way. Right, if it was completely absurd or meaningless, then you would just not try to make anything out of it. Right, then it's like simlish. Yeah. Wario fan. Yeah. But Wario fan, you said something about this that I think makes sense. Well, I thought being that they're ghosts, and if you've ever, you know, watched people who are ghost enthusiasts... You know, when they become face-to-face with a ghost, uh, <laughs> um, they they have those recorders and stuff for capturing white noise. And then when you play it back, you know, you can kind of hear what they want you to think it says, but you can't completely understand it. So oh. it, it, it yeah. kind of has like a white noise effect to it in a way. Yeah, I think that's definitely a good point. Wow. Whether it was intentional or not, but, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's the kind of thing where, like, even if that's not what they were going for, it still creates that effect, and it's great. Mm-hmm. When you made the comparison to Resident Evil as well, uh, yourself and I just played through Resident Evil 2, and you could always tell the minute you walk into a room when there's going to be a liquor because of the, like, clicking noise that their paws make or whatever. And. The characters have auto-aim, so you could just hold the R button and hit the A button to shoot at them. And if you were using a grenade launcher, you would, you know, kill them, no problem. And the Heaven Smile Laughter has the same effect where if you hear one laugh, you can press the R button and you'll know one will be there somewhere. And it's that audio cue that instantly tells you to go into shooty mode. Yeah, you get into, like... See, I think the... Invisible enemies and the scanning is the kind of thing that at first when I played the game, I was like, what is the point of this? Like, this is, it just seems weird and trivial, like the kind of thing that's there just to be weird. But then as it starts to get into the more open areas, like what Adrian was talking about, the enemy's not always right in front of you. You get into that, like, frantic mode where you're hearing laughs and you're like, where the fuck is he? Where the fuck is he? And you're, like, spinning around and scanning, and it creates that, like, great tension. <clears throat> where you can hear it, but you can't see it. Also, for moments like the outdoor section in the first part of Sunset, where there's that tree and there's a nest that you got to go and shoot out, uh, that's another example of where they're really far away, and you can see them coming, but because it keeps producing more of them, you have to keep rescanning in order to even make them hittable. Right, so that scanning isn't just uh, one and done. Yeah, and even when you shoot them out of those uh, eggs... 
uh, you have to scan them again to actually make them uh, hittable. I've also found that I've started memorizing what laughs correspond to what enemy. I don't mean like what enemy type, but I mean um, if I enter a room and then I exit the room and I hear laughter, I'm like, well, there's one guy on my left. I remember that from last time. And there's one guy on my right. I'm only going to go right. So I only need to worry about the guy on my right and I can forget the guy on my left. And there's some of that routing like you would see in a Resident Evil. Yeah, I like that it takes that, and the fact that they're invisible adds, like, just a little bit of uncertainty to their position. So, like, if you're just going to scan the guy that you're going towards, you're not quite sure how close the other guy is getting to you. Right. So you got to be more conscious of it all the time. Yeah. How many of you guys use the charge shots on anything besides a nest? No. Uh, I, no. They're not very useful. I'm, I haven't most... found, yeah, are, are they good for anything? Later on, there will be some reason. Oh, there are some enemies that require a charge shot for, for, for a non-Dan character. Okay, I, f- I figured. There, well, yeah. I, I just, I, I don't, because I want to save the blood for healing. Right, me too. Yeah, and I felt, and I usually just kill the nests with regular bullets anyway. So I'm like, oh, I might as well save this blood. Well, I can take it out normally. Yeah, and the other thing is, if you kill an enemy with a charge shot, you don't get as much blood as if you kill it with a critical. Yeah, that that right there is also one of the reasons why I don't actually use mask because he annihilates them. But it's like, well, there's no blood anymore, so. Yeah, he's a. Uh... I mean, without getting us off. Too much into a different subject. I think Mask is more like a safety character. Mm-hmm. My favorite aspect of Killer Seven is the use of timers. Adrian, what is one of the timers that you'll encounter in the gameplay? Oh, uh, definitely the nest that I mentioned earlier. The unless you take out the uh, same thing with the mothers that you encounter in the second part of Sunset. You don't take them out; they're just going to keep respawning enemies forever, which puts a strict, which puts a time limit on you taking out whatever eggs they hatch out, reloading, and then going back again for the mother to get rid of them for good. So, let's say hypothetically, a nest spawns an enemy every thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. That gives you thirty seconds to shoot the egg, kill the enemy, fire a shot at the nest to actually make any progress. Yeah, shoot the egg, scan them take them out as quick as you can and then use the rest of your bullets or charge shots if you have the blood available to take out the nest or the mother. Yeah. And if you're too slow, you'll find yourself stuck in a loop or you'll eventually, they'll eventually catch up to you and finally blow you up. I found that also with the nests that my aim is poor enough that if I try to keep a safe distance, then I'm on the losing end of that timer Whereas if I get close and I get a little uncomfortable, it's a lot easier to take out the enemies, and I usually deal with the nests better that way. Yeah, not only that, it's when you're up close, it's much easier to actually shoot out their weak points to get them in one hit. So there's an advantage to actually letting enemies get up close, especially if you have the counterattack. Of course, you don't want too many up close at once, because if there's one right behind you after you do a, a counterattack, you're kind of fucked. Right, that's a so that's another timer right there. The animations you'll get into. 
mm-hmm. with the counterattack. Wario fan, what's a timer in the game? I suppose you're on a timer with uh, having smiles, I suppose. How's that? Once they spot you, they're going to come right for you. So they're essentially bombs. Mm-hmm. So they're ticking time bombs. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I know it goes without saying to, to shoot the enemy before it reaches you in most games, but with Heaven Smiles, it's a bit more drastic because when they catch up with you, they'll explode. Yeah, that's what lends it that rail shooter feel that when you're in the aiming mode, you're more or less stuck in the aiming mode because of how other aspects of the movement are balanced. And so you're stuck in place trying to pin down an enemy that's moving around the screen, which is the experience you have in Virtua Cop and stuff like that. But it's also like you only get one chance. Like, once it gets to you, that's it. The challenge is over. Like, you failed. Whereas in Resident Evil, when a zombie gets to you, you need to react and continue the situation. You do have some last-minute things, though. Because if if you upgrade your your guys in the right way, you can get give them the uh, attack to a uh, uh, a counter attack or a down attack to give you sort of a last minute stretch. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think yourself's point is that when they reach you, they're gonna die either way, and you might get damaged in the process. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's a really like core essential timer to the game: the fact that everybody wanders towards you. Except for those joggers in Cloud Man. Shouty, can you name a timer in the game? I mean, every Heaven Smile has their own specific timer, I think. So I'm going to go with the Backside Smile. I think that one has, has timers upon timers, because for them, you have to shoot their arms in succession. Each time you shoot their arm, a timer starts for you to shoot their arm again so they can turn around and you can hit their weak point on their back, which also has a timer. So there's the timer of it approaching you, the timer of you consecutively shooting its arm, and then the timer um, for when you have to shoot its back. Right. That each window for opportunity is its own little mini-timer within that enemy's behavior. Mm Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, those guys are a fucking bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yourself, can you name some timers about the... uh, Not about the enemies, but about the player? I don't count, like, downtime as being a timer. Like, we were talking before about the amount of time it takes to turn around. I don't really think of that as a timer, but I guess it is something that is calculated in the same math as the Heaven Smiles timers. Uh, what about reloading? The, yeah, I was going to say there's the, the time between shots certainly distinguishes the characters. The mask in particular has an awful loading time. Yeah, so mask has that huge reload, and then Katie's got a pretty long reload. But I mean also just the rate of fire is sort of a timer in and of itself because when for instance you're talking about the backside smiles like shadow is just describing you want to go with Khan for those because Khan can shoot really fast and can keep up with their spinning timer or at least that's how i play 
Uh, obviously, there are other strategies for it. But I think Khan shoots the fastest, then Coyote, then Dan, Kevin, Katie, Mask. Katie's actually an interesting one in that she takes the longest between shots, but also because of her scope, she basically gets a longer timer on interacting with the Heaven Smiles. Right, so she's like your, almost like your heavy character in a sense. She slows everything down, but each action has a higher cost. Right. Yeah, I hate using Katie. I definitely <laughs> never use her. <laughs> I don't know, at first I liked using Kayade, but then, I don't know, Con and Kevin felt easier to cheese with. Let's just say Kevin that can't doesn't have to reload his shots because he doesn't use a gun. Yeah, yeah. I guess the I think the reload speed is obviously Kevin. Then I think it's almost the same. Kevin, Coyote, Dan, Con. Con reloads really fast. Like he just does a weird dance and then he's good to go. <laughs> does a weird dance? Yeah, he does a reloading jig. It might be faster. See, they change because your speed upgrades actually affect your reload time. Oh, I see. And there are additional upgrades that also affect your reload time. Mm-hmm. It's a. Also, you brought up Kevin, which reminded me of a conspicuous lack of timer. Are the knives hit scan? What hit scan? I don't. They're really fast, I think, right? I think they're projectiles. Are the okay. bullets hit scan? Mm. I couldn't tell if they were. Yeah, this is one of those things where I think yeah, the bolts are hit scan. Everything's pretty fast. I don't. I don't know. I don't think the knives are any different. Oh, you you think they're hit scan too? Yeah, I think they're the same. Okay. It would so. be because if they weren't, then it would be a lot harder to aim with Kevin, or it would be at least somewhat harder to aim with Kevin, and that mm. at least doesn't match my experience. Okay. The thing is, what well, what actually makes aiming hard is the waiver, right? Because you know, you, you're having to use an analog stick to constantly adjust uh, the simulation of the characters, not having a steady aim and breathing. <laughs> so that's what makes aiming hard. But I think another reason why I couldn't tell either way is that um, there have been some times where I swear to God I hit that weak point and it just didn't give it to me. <laughs> it can that usually happens when their weak points are on their thighs. Yeah. Because their hands are in the way. I find that happening when it's on their thighs and their arms, where instead of yeah. them, give me the hit point, it's like their arm just completely comes off. It's like, did I get it? No. Yeah, that, that's super annoying. It's like, damn it, now he doesn't even have a weak point. <laughs> and then there are times when, when they're really close, and I'm like, I know for a fact I did not hit that weak point, but it just gives it to me anyways. So I don't know what's with the hitboxes. They're really generous when they start getting closer, and even then, sometimes I can't figure out because uh, sometimes you just miss anyways. I don't know. So that's why I can't figure out if they're hitscan or not. What you mentioned about waiver is interesting, though, because that's not... I don't think you can really call that a timer, but at the same time, it's a coordination thing where you need to shoot while you're right on the spot because... If you're a second too late, then you're going to float it away from them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Actually, I need to check the characters' different waivers because maybe one of the reasons why Kevin isn't so hard is because he doesn't have much waiver. I haven't actually. He doesn't have a waiver uh, stat. He has invisibility instead of waiver. Oh, that's right. That's why it's that's so much easier. Waiver. Yeah. I think Coyotes is the worst. Oh yeah. Oh, and they also all have uh, recoil. Coyote, like his, like massive, because he's holding it against the style. His massively kicks it to the to the yeah. left every single time. Yeah. So if you miss every single time, you have to reposition it back on that weak point. Space tends to map into time and like the distance a smile has from you and stuff like that. And the size of the recoil adds distance from where you were shooting to where you are shooting now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The timers that I mostly think about in this game are the the downtime, I guess, as yourself was putting it, where... When you aim, that takes little time to switch views. When you have to reload, that occupies time that you can't be shooting. And when you turn around, you stay still. Unless you're running and then you do the turnaround, but even then you're kind of stuck in an animation for a short period. So there's a lot of reasons why when you decide to start shooting, you can't just run away if you if it looks like you're going to get caught, because if you try to back out of your shooting, then they're just going to catch up to you anyway. Yeah. You really it's, need to decide that ahead of time. It's a big commitment. Yeah. So thanks for joining me. Before we go, though, I would like to ask Adrian, what member of the Killer7 are you most like? <laughs> Probably Coyote. Why is, why is that? Uh, we're both Latino. It's <laughs> all racist. What? I am Latino. What's the matter with you? Well, yeah, you're remarking that you're similar to someone because of your race. I think yeah. that's... Uh... Yeah, you oh. be the... Uh, whatever race anyone else's character. Well, I mean, I could also be Master Smith. Yeah, he's well, again, also that's like, race. Well, Latin American. I... I actually don't think Matt's... Well, he doesn't have an accent. He has an yeah, American he accent. Yeah, he, he calls people Amigo, and he, he, yeah. Well, he, he definitely like, has a dumb he, voice. He calls he people like Amigo, a... but he sounds so much like a... <laughs> like a white guy. Yeah, he has a Californian accent. Like no, but he sells spices in Spanglish. It's really silly. Whenever... I can't remember. When, when he's talking to um the chef guy... The says, assassin. He just says like one. He says like a really random Spanish word. I can't remember, but it's just so. Get out of here, a key. Yeah, he says that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. what? Get out of here. He's like a nerdy guy. He's like a nerdy white guy. Yeah. yeah. That's uh-huh. the point. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, so you tell me he's like, like a like a, a, a spang a spanophile. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you know, um, you He's know okay. maybe maybe that's the point because Suda Fifty One himself is a kind of a yeah. door nerd. That's what like if you play No More Heroes, that's what Travis Touchdown is. I mean, hell, his first few games were fired pro wrestling, so <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like it's super intentional that that character is not like an actual Hispanic wrestler type. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but anyways. Coyote's the one that I look the most like, but otherwise I have nothing in common with them. They're all killers and psychopaths. Okay.
That's I, I guess that's fair. That's an honest oh, answer, definitely. and we appreciate that. <laughs> Wario fan, which one of the Killer Seven are you most like? Um, Kevin. Why's that? Because, because I don't use guns. No, oh, I thought you could go invisible. God, I can I do that know. too. That's well, I just never take off my glasses, so you can't tell. <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty inconvenient. Yeah. <laughs> Wario fan likes the suffering when people are stabbed to death. <laughs> no mercy. That's what I can conclude, yeah. Um, Shouty, which of the Killer 7 are you most like? Uh, Garcian. Why's that? Uh, Don't make I... him say it again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just that attitude, that hands-off attitude, I think I can Related to that, kind of jaded most. or uh, just most like he, no, but he's not the one who's going around killing people. He's the he's taking the back seat whenever someone else is in trouble. Okay, he lets everyone else do the dirty work. Yeah, unless everyone unless else. he unless he need unless they get in trouble, then he then he'll then he'll be asked to do something. Yeah. So, for instance, if he was doing like a video game podcast, he would let. <laughs> everyone else make all the meaningful commentary, and then if there was like a little bit of a lull, you might throw in like one word or something. Right. <laughs> exactly. And would that be like a mini game where you have to mash the A button? Yeah. To, to make sure I'm not interrupting anyone. Is that purposeful that that mini game like, that there's a menu that pops up asking if you want to switch to the character, but like obviously I haven't finished hitting the A button. So it always just hits yes. Is that purposeful? I don't know. It uh, seems like a so. mis. Uh, now what you're talking about? Oh man, he's saying that <laughs> when you when you have someone revive, when you're about to revive someone, the the first option to come up is to revive them, but you can also switch to a different character. Yeah, basically. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say basically while you're hitting the A button to revive someone, the prompt. Like, it doesn't, like, stop um, registering you inputting the A button to wait for you to stop mashing the buttons so you can actually select something. So you can accidentally select the character even if you don't want them. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's no, same, but, but... It's the same thing when you push start and you hold up and push A to select and it keeps moving up even though you just selected the personalities menu. It's a little bit like that where it's like it keeps registering input in an area where it probably should wait for you to re-input something. But it makes a noise when you're finished reviving them. So you know to not keep mashing A, unless you're that much of an avid button masher. <laughs> you just can't <laughs> stop the mashing. I think I register it slightly slower than you. That feels like that's a problem with your nervous system. Because <laughs> yeah. you're supposed okay, to react to sound okay. faster than anything else. <laughs> If you hear if you hear a noise, you react to it faster than you would any other sensory input. Right. Well, I guess I'm just that avid of a button mash. <laughs> God, I um, button mashing. Settle for that. <laughs> Yourself? What? Which one of the Killer Seven are you most like? Uh, I guess Katie, because I think Blood's pretty funny, and I don't like wearing shoes. Well, you can't even pronounce her name correctly. I'm so not saying know. it. I'm not saying it that dumb way. I'm Why not do you... that. she thinks it's funny? Yeah, well, I mean, I do. Well, no, I mean, I can't. Rem- I I don't recall what it 
what she what would make you think that? Well, I mean, she likes it, so you know, whatever. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I wouldn't ever think it if I were you. <laughs> um, Adrian, any final thoughts? Wait, what about you? Which killer seven are you? seven are you? Oh, um, which one am I? Uh, definitely mask. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess it. Well, yeah, I guess it would be mask. Why mask? Well, he's got that. uh, Yeah, he does have that nerdy voice, and like he puts on this cool uh, luchador mask, and then he has these dopey eyes poking out of them. He has like a corny sense of humor, so. Well, he puts on a mask, but then he says he's not a monster; it's only a mask. So. It's like he's yeah. putting on a mask, and but he wants to not, wants it to not be apparent that he's putting he's like, on a mask. He's a friendly guy. Yeah, but he he wants to he wants to wear a mask, but still be frank with people. Yeah, he thinks masks are fun. Yeah, <laughs> like like how Kaede thinks blood is fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Kaede thinks stealing is fun. Adrian, any final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts? Um, I'm enjoying Killer Seven so far. It's not, you know, it's not the greatest game I've ever played, and I do have a few issues uh, with some of the shooting. Usually, it's the weak points that sometimes really get my goat. Where I swear I shoot them, but it just doesn't give it to me. So that can be really annoying sometimes. Or whenever it pop, they pop up like smack in the middle of a junction. It's like shit. This is awkward. I know they do that on purpose, though, but it's still awkward. Uh, otherwise, you know, I like the game. Some of the puzzles are bid, like, uh, whatever. Yeah, I think they're supposed to be, or to me, they have come off as really uh, just kind of filler stuff to occupy your... Yeah. <clears throat> and you know it's not the greatest when you're accidentally picking up the keys before you even see the door with the lock. And it's like, oh, well, I guess I already had the thing that I needed for this, so that's usually just like, you know, not great. Well, I don't know. Not every game has to have brain teaser puzzles. I know, but it just still also just feels like it, it's so it's so nothing. A way of making a linear game in a non-linear space. Wario fan, any final thoughts? Um, well, I beat this game, uh, many years ago, and I got his, I, I told Shouty that the, uh, uh, story didn't make sense to me then, and it doesn't make sense to me now. All right. Uh, Shouty, any final thoughts? Well, hope, if we do another podcast, we can try and make sense of the story. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently there's a book based on... Uh, stuff that was cut out of Killer7 and the book does nothing to make it make sense. Yourself, any final thoughts? Yeah, on the story, um, I think an interesting thing about it is the way that the story is structured and the way that a lot of the uh, sort of dialogue is structured and the interactions where even if the events themselves don't always make sense as like a clear linear story and the dialogue 
seems to be snippets of conversations that aren't completely held. I think it has a sort of lyrical quality to it in that there's a lot of repetition of the same interactions and like repeated like refrains of dialogue, like the we're in a tight spot sort of thing that gives the game an interesting feeling of being like a mythic almost. It reminds me of the Zelda series in a sense in that each mission hits certain points and I think that ultimately uh, without spoiling anything I think the larger story of the game comes to reflect that as well alright thank you all for joining me mm-hmm. thanks for having us yep Yes, that's a really like core essential timer to the game, the fact that everybody wanders towards you, except for those joggers in Cloud Man. Well, what is with those guys? I feel bad because their weak spot's so big. You don't even get blood from them, so there's the no joggers? reason to kill them. Well, fun. yeah. Wait, no, wait, wait a minute. You mean uh, the, the Omega smiles? Yeah. Yeah, the guys you, are... You get blood from them. The yellow... The ones that explode into yellow? Yeah, they yeah, use those that's blood. You don't, get, you don't get thick blood for it. You might get thin blood, but... Oh. Wait, which... Oh, yeah, that's, I guess that's what I was thinking of. No, I remember getting thick and thin. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they've got a... I think, I think those ones have another use to it, too, in that level, so... Why, why do they make a certain noise whenever you kill them, though? They make, make this chime whenever you kill one of them. I'm not sure what that means. I know what it means, I think. What? What, what do you think it means? Oh, well, wait, you get coins, apparently. Yes, that's what it is. But what is? What, what are the coins for? You played the game. Oh, wait. That oh, that's, what, that's how you operate the thing. Yes! Oh, oh so yeah. that's, that's what that counter is. I thought that was how many toys were that, No, that thing wasn't uh, you know automatic. You just happened to have enough monies for it. Okay. Wow. I, I definitely feel bad now. You feel bad <laughs> about what? Shooting so many Almeida smiles. Yeah, I, but they're, but they're I good don't think blood. they give you thick blood. I just looked it up. Give you blood. Enemies that don't blow up red don't give you thick blood. Mustard does not give you thick blood. They, no, they do give you thick blood, but it's not a lot compared to I other enemies. I always thought it was popcorn. Popcorn. Uh, well, popcorn isn't in my blood, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> 